long-held belief holds that managers acquire the lion's share of their management and leadership skills from their on-the-job experience. Is it true that just like wine, leaders improve with age? In this episode, we are using our data to give some new insights to that question. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and with me today is my friend and leadership guru, Jack Sanger. Nice to be with you. There is a widely accepted belief in the human resources world that managers acquire their skills from their on-the-job experience. The generally accepted belief is that about 70% of a leader's skills come from work experience, 20% come from coaching from their manager and others, and about 10% comes from formal development activities. Now, Bree, it happens that this belief got started from a very informal survey done many, many years ago in a leadership development session with only 30 participants. Really? The facilitator asked them what they thought or where they thought they had gained their management knowledge and skill. And this was their answer. So everyone who's listening to this is wise to accept this whole conclusion with a big grain of salt. I think it's directionally correct, but probably far from precise. That's fascinating. I didn't know that. And it sounds like, you know, some pretty good logic, which is why we probably held on to it, but it's probably not the case. Exactly. So Joe Folkman, my colleague and I decided to turn to our database of 360 degree feedback to discover the answer. We selected a group of nearly 59,000 leaders for whom we have demographic data. We broke them into four age groups to see if it is indeed the older leaders who are perceived as being more effective compared to their younger counterparts. We further refined our analysis by examining those people who were currently in top management positions, those reporting into the C-suite, people in middle management positions, and those in frontline or supervisory positions. Okay. So, so I'm looking at the graph and, and what it shows is actually pretty amazing. As a note, I will always post our graphs with the data to our podcast page and our LinkedIn pages. um, So you can find that information if you want to in the details. Now, this graph shows the effectiveness of leaders in general actually declines as they get older, as they age. This totally contradicts that long-held assumption that leaders learn from their work and experience in their position. And worse yet, those reporting to top management not only did not improve, but the older leaders also had lower scores, not higher scores. I know. The same holds even more true for those in middle management. They declined by 6%. Frontline leaders or supervisors declined even further, showing a 16% less favorable rating when comparing the age bands. Only individual contributors 
showed an improvement in the way they were perceived based on their age. Yeah, that, oh, now, Jack, you kind of run with the older crowd, (laughs) for those that don't know you. You sound so young on the radio, I know, (laughs) on the podcast, I mean, and I know you're definitely the exemption to this study, but what conclusions do you have about this kind of slightly depressing data? You know, I fear that this is a confirmation that the twin demons besetting people in authority are indeed arrogance and complacency. Hmm. It's almost as if you can hear them musing to themselves, you know, I've been put in this management position and therefore I must be terrific (laughs) or I'm above needing to work on improving my leadership skills or I don't need to participate in development activities. That's for the people beneath me who really need it. Hmm. Sadly, we still see many, many organizations where those beliefs prevail among the most senior leaders. We continue to see many organizations where the senior leaders don't participate in formal development. In your article that you wrote about this data, you also mentioned that quote, without external incentives, tools, and programs, the average leader will at best coast on a horizontal plateau. More likely, their career will follow a gradually descending glide path. This, if this continues, everyone loses. Now, that is true. Some, some people get in a rut during their midlife career crisis. So what other things are impacted by this behavior from senior leaders? Well, you know, the organization's performance is negatively impacted. Uh, Executives and managers are disappointed in their lack of career progress and the attendant rewards that they had expected. Contrary to their hopes, the manager is not really deserving of increased compensation and other perquisites through their career. They will be disappointed in their lack of progress. Uh, measures of managerial engagement are consistent with these findings. You know, we talk a great, great deal about employee engagement, but we find that many managers are not all that engaged in their work. And the tragedy is that, that their direct reports suffer from working under a mediocre manager. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And I can see how it's just such a big problem. So so just having these on-the-job experiences, it, it's not going to cut it for the senior groups. So we are going to share some ideas today for how organizations can probably approach it differently. Well, we hope it's a shocking dose of reality for C-suite and for HR executives to realize that what they thought was supplying 70% of the development for executives and managers is really having no effect at all. Logic would argue that their attention would then shift to the role of coaching and mentoring as the next primary source for development. But you know, the challenge is that the coaching solution counts on this very group who do not appear to be practicing much self-development. And it's generally acknowledged that the higher you move in the hierarchy of a company, the less likely you are to receive coaching Certainly, certainly from any internal source. It's also clear to me that there is an important role for formal development. If people don't get better from time on the job, and if they don't get much coaching, 
it says that the third source of development needs more attention. Now for this study, remember we have been talking about statistical averages and the plight of leaders as if they were one group. The good news is that within each one of these age categories, broken out by levels in the management hierarchy, people are achieving very, very high scores. Yes, and we continue to believe that by focusing on these groups and helping all leaders understand what they need to do differently has great promise. We can help everyone identify those behaviors and deliberately learn to behave that way we can escape what would appear to be a destiny of mediocrity. Yes, you don't want to be destined for that. Right. Now, in in your article, you wrote about this study, I, and I liked it when you said, every leader's current position can be used as a highly effective classroom in which to learn. It can be a vibrant laboratory in which to experiment. However, it requires deliberate action. So here are a few things that you recommend. Yes, the first was frequently ask for feedback from your managers, your peers, and your direct reports. Rather than waiting for a formal performance review, ask specific questions of your manager. Seek peer feedback on how your group can more effectively work with other groups. Ask your direct reports for suggestions regarding how things could work better in your arena. Do you think it's hard to ask those questions when you're so high up? (laughs) It is, but there's great benefits. The data says that giving feedback is is well, well regarded and liked. Asking for feedback elevates you even more. And that leads into your next point really well, which was deliberately climb out of your comfort zone, which means get away from your desk. (laughs) You need to get up and go around asking for everyone's views about good ideas that haven't yet been implemented. I love that you said you are never too old or too young to walk around the office. Um, things are a little bit different now, though. That's kind of hard as you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and trying to get ideas from others. It's hard when everyone's virtual. So do you think um, just checking in with your team members on messaging platforms and asking for ideas, does that work? Well, yes, it, it, it works. And it will have to work for several more months. So it isn't quite as good as kind of being there in person and, and mm-hmm. having eye-to-eye contact, but it will have to do. Our third suggestion was, you know, avail yourself of formal development. This can be a real catalyst for change. It often connects you with people outside your firm, and from them, you will hear some new approaches, new processes, new ways of thinking about old problems. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so true, like asking the outsider. I feel like that's what I pay for with my children. (laughs) Like when I send them to lessons, like I know how to sing, but if I teach them how to do it, it's like, no, mom doesn't know anything. (laughs) But but there's great value in an outside perspective, an outside person helping with that. So number four, the best leaders are excellent communicators. Try ramping up the frequency and amount of communication emanating from you. 
write more letters, have more all-hands meetings in which to answer their important questions. Number five suggestion was uh, help your team collectively choose and commit to a really stretch goal. Nothing unites a group more than that. And in general, I guess I would observe that it's time to jettison the old 70-20-10 rule of thumb about the sources of leadership development. There is no evidence that leaders get better simply by having more miles on the road. Indeed, the opposite is true. Rather than getting better, there is a slow decline. Something dramatic is required to break out of the rut. You know, a few people have the discipline to wind their own mainspring and continuously improve, but the great majority of leaders do not. And so to all listeners, I implore you to consider some simple questions. What is your personal plan for becoming a better leader? On a scale of one to 10, what's your level of commitment to that plan? And finally, what grade would you give yourself about the progress that you've made in the last year? The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corrin and Jack Sanger and produced by Zanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on sangerfolkman.com.